welcome, welcome. Welcome to the LGBT History Month edition of the fabulous World of Warcraft podcast, Here Be Dragons. Uh, I am your host, the Cat Fantastic, and we've got our co-host, as usual, the fabulous Neek. Today's special guest welcome. is the wonderful Cell Heels. So we're going to start, we'll start as we always do with our fabulous guest introduction. Cell, tell us a little bit about you. What's your what's your elevator pitch for you, your stream, your community, and your stream team? Um, don't talk to me. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Cell or Cell Heels. <laughs> I am an openly gay World of Warcraft slash Blizzard gaming content creator. I am the team lead of teamwork. Cause girl, you better work, honey. <laughs> um, we try to work together to change the gaming atmosphere for the better. So more fun, more smiles, less hate. That's kind of our motto. Um, we just want to be a group of gamers that are just there to game and it doesn't matter who's on the other end of the mic as long as you're having a good time and being respectful and we're trying to bring that energy to the gaming world uh, i myself have been content creating for just over four years holy smokes long time <laughs> long time <laughs> um i recently had a small stint of a break but i have returned at six o'clock in the morning and i'm feeling very lively <laughs> you're doing you're doing brilliantly for 6 a.m i'd be like let's do some heavy lifting yeah <laughs> it's a gift to the gods honestly it's so good well welcome to uh to the world of warcraft podcast here be dragons um we are we are dedicating this whole episode to lgbt history month and to our fabulous guest um so uh we're going to be uh sort of asking you some interesting questions hopefully about wow and about the game itself about streaming um and uh it's over to neek for our very first question yes really it's like we all play wow but how did you start playing wow <laughs> I started playing well <laughs> I started playing WoW for a uh, for a boy. <laughs> oh there uh there was a guy I was super into when I was just a wee little gaby <laughs> and he told me I actually was horrid when I started. Um and I started on a server called um The Forgotten Coast and I started as a little hunter. And nice. during Wrath of the Lich King, and I hit, I think it was like level 30 or something. It was right after Hillsbrad. And I had my little blizzard bear pet. If you remember, if you played back way back in the day, pets had to stay in your bags. Well, I didn't know that. And I deleted my blizzard bear and it's gone oh. forever. But I deleted the character because I hated the hunter. <laughs> wow. And I became a priest and I healed through everything. And I leveled every expansion as holy. Every every expansion holy priest <laughs> so um since yeah. vanilla no since wrath of the lich king okay so since i mean that's still a long time to be holy priest you really love it i do i actually miss being priest i was saying this like a week ago to my guild that if things were different and i maybe wasn't a streamer I miss playing my priest, but I miss playing disc right now. Disc is so much fun on live. And mm. I think I like disc priest more than my current main, which is Resto Druid. I've been a Druid um, since Shadowlands, basically. Yeah. Um, I switched my main from 13 years of priest to Druid during Shadowlands because of my stream and my content creation. It is way easier to have one character play multiple roles than a healer or a DPS. And I hate shadow like there's not even um not a bone in my body that's like oh maybe i could be a shadow no shadow should be deleted from the game as far as i'm concerned <laughs> oh it's not it's tentacles and i'm not into that i just i don't want nothing to do with it <laughs> i understand I, I don't play warlocks or like death knights or anything for similar reasons you, you, you uh, will play for the aesthetics of it and it's like but it's fun yeah Brace the dark just... side and you go and play a vulpira oh uh, well not a vulpira yes. i'm waiting for blizzard to announce a really big announcement and i'm maybe if i say it out loud we could manifest it together Gnome Druids win? Hello? Yes. Oh my druid? god. Gnome Druids, Gnome Shaman. Can we skip, gnome Paladin. Skip, skip straight to the Mechanome Druids, who are all Transformers. 
I would be fine with that. Listen, I'm a huge, like, gnomes are the master race as far as I'm concerned. That is my only con with playing a druid is I can't be a gnome. All of my other characters are gnomes or dwarves if they can't be gnomes. Yeah. I I have the same problem where I just, like, I want to play this class, but I can't be a gnome. So I don't play it. uh, So, can I ask a personal question? I totally... <laughs> I am a, in wait in reality or when I'm wearing shoes. <laughs> Either because Cap is incredibly tall and plays the I'm smallest races in all the games. I am not tall. I'm okay. only five eight. <laughs> I thought it was like a tall man wanted to be a short man sort of deal. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to be cute. Why cute? Look at you, little Reverend with Pepe. This is true. <laughs> Meanwhile, my Pepe is still uh, just chilling, yeah. just chilling in the background. He doesn't fit the headband business. properly; he falls off. Yeah, you need to have a split headband. Anyway, mm. back to the back to the important stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, um, teamwork. Where what's the the origin of that, and when did the idea of that come to to fruition? So, I have been on many teams through my streaming career <laughs> and i have left every one there was not one stream team that i was a part of that i felt served the purposes that i wanted it to so i joined one stream team it was like a variety team and most of the content creators were actually final fantasy content creators and the lead had reached out to me randomly when i was playing a fortnite stream way back in the early days like completely random and i was like oh this is a huge opportunity um but there is not maybe not as much now since um since shadowlands but there was a very very well determined line drawn in the sand between wow and final fantasy Mm -hmm. until recent years and even now i think that you have your diehard wow and your diehard final fantasy (laughs) um but that team did not do anything with me because I was wow. So I was joined a team and it was all exciting, but I was isolated from the team because I wouldn't play Final Fantasy. So I said, this wasn't for me. So I left that team. There's another team I joined and they were really good intentions, but it just was poorly executed. And then the last team I was on, um, I'll mention their name. It was Team Sega. And that was actually the original Blizzard focused stream that I was on. And it was only for queer people. But they had players for um, Diablo, WoW, Overwatch, Hearthstone, StarCraft. Like, they had it all. And it was was really cool. There was, like, three people for every category. And it started out to be something I was really interested in. And then it kind of dwindled. The leader stopped streaming. And um, it just... It got, ended up getting changing from being Blizzard to being Variety and just kept moving in different directions. It just, it wasn't for me again. And mm-hmm. we didn't do anything together. I really wanted to be part of a team, a truly inclusive and diverse team. And when I say that, I mean, if you are a stream team and you say you are diverse and inclusive, that means everybody. That's not just queer people. That is straight people as well. It is everybody to be inclusive everybody deserves an equal slice of that pie so when i got partnered and i got partnered in august i had said i want a stream team that is truly inclusive and diverse because i don't think there's one that is on twitch i think the teams that exist are they're very queer friendly or they're very tailored to a specific group of people whether they're marginalized or not I just don't feel that there's a lot of truly inclusive teams. So I was really excited to to bring that forward. And I love Blizzard games. Like, I love WoW. I like Overwatch. I play a lot of both of them. I also play other games that aren't Blizzard-related. So I had said, like, you know, let's say 50% is Blizzard-focused just to mm-hmm. open up the table to more people as well. And we have done one charity and in during that charity three of our members could not partake um and they were three of our larger content creators but we still managed to raise uh $5,500 for the children's healthcare of atlanta in our first charity drive over a week which is huge thank you um and we're working on our next one my goal or my hope for the team 
is we're going to do two charities a year. And I, I will always do Azeroth Pride. Um, and we're going to take the team and we're going to piggyback onto my Azeroth Pride event. Um, if you aren't aware, that is a stream I do in June. And it's to celebrate Pride in World of Warcraft. Uh, last year, we did not do an EU. We only did NA. Mm -hmm. um, but we march around Stormwind or a Horde capital. And we have our rainbow generators out there. And we just show that we exist. And we raise money for the Rainbow Railroad. Um, they're also a fantastic queer charity. And then I like to do one around the Christmas time. Um, specifically for kids. Because there are a lot of people out there that don't get a holiday. Whether it's Christmas or whatever you celebrate. Or if you don't celebrate anything. But... It's the holidays, and I just want people to feel that spark and the magic of what the holidays can be for people, religious or not. So we try to do something mm -hmm. around that time as well. But Fantastic. we're just trying to be out there. And the the goal is to be inclusive and diverse, but to respect one another. Like, I'm laughing because Gayla in your chat made a comment, ooh, Sal, <laughs> your morning voice. I'm like, oh, trust me, girl, this, <laughs> this early. But... My voice is something that I have been attacked for my entire life, specifically in the gaming world, but I've also had comments in the real world as well. Um, it's a bit more femme sounding, and I'm instantly, if I cue a mic in, in any game from Overwatch to Fortnite to Apex Legends, if things can be going really well or really poorly, I'm the one who gets blamed. I get called out. I get called slurs. Mm. It happens all the time. I actually originally was a um, Dead by Daylight slash Overwatch streamer. I wasn't a World of Warcraft content creator. And I stopped because when I was streaming Overwatch, I was in voice comms and somebody told me they can see why people who sound like me are thrown off of rooftops in uh, other countries. So I was like, I just, I'm not comfortable being on here. And like at that time, I was a much small, like I'm, I'm still a small content creator, but I was yeah. much smaller at that time. Um, and it just, it wasn't something that I wanted to bring into my streams because I'll clap back and mother, listen, I will see your dad and I will yell at you <laughs> at Christmas. But um, at that moment, I don't want that negativity in my stream. It's exhausting. It's just, yeah. it's exhausting. And People have to live through that. And then you get like the sympathy or the pity from people. And I don't need no pity from nobody. So I just, I didn't want to go down that route. Yeah. And, and that, you know, it's, it's so interesting that you've had those experiences. And I'm sorry you've had those experiences. I, I guess kind of leads really nicely onto the next question that, uh, that I wanted to ask, which is, you know, being an, uh, being an openly gay or queer person in the streaming space is a journey for for all of us it's you know it's for those of us that have that kind of as part of our brand as i do as well it's um it's an experience and i just kind of wondered what your experience of being you know an openly gay and proud person in the wow and content creation space is like right now and has it changed over the last few years um, so I've actually done an experiment so i had mentioned originally i was a dead by daylight and overwatch content creator mm. I went a year exclusively, seven days a week, only streaming Dead by Daylight. And during that time, I was trying to grow my channel. So I averaged like 20, 23 people, and that's as high as I've ever really gotten Dead by Daylight. But I thought, maybe maybe I shouldn't have the, the gay or the queer tags on my stream. And like Twitch has played around with their tags. So I took mm -hmm. them off for about two months. I just streamed Dead by Daylight. I had no tags. I had nothing. And even though I didn't have anything on my stream to do with the fact that I was gay and knew how to took one, um, I would have people join my stream. And the first thing that asked me, are you gay? Why is your voice like that? I was like blankets of questions. And it wasn't like one or two people. It was literally a daily occurrence on my stream. Yeah. And I was like, so people get mad at me because I advertise that I'm a queer streamer. But then I don't advertise it and I get asked anyways. So yeah. like it's just it was weird to me and it still is kind of a weird concept because some people say, I don't care what people do, just why they gotta throw it in my face. Because you <laughs> ask me about it anyways. Yeah. Because you're so obsessed with it that you're gonna ask anyhow. Yeah. It's, so Yeah. I mean, I wonder if you've because I've had this thing as well. I wonder if you have that thing where you you say you know you maybe do an intro or something or you know you sort of talk about what's going on in your stream like i'm an openly queer person that's what i'm doing and you see the viewer figure drop 
and I've I've definitely experienced that. I I, I think it's um it's a weird thing, and I'm I'm kind of not surprised to to hear that experience. I'm sad to hear it, but I'm not surprised to hear it. Well, I think it also depends on where you are, like in the wow content creation field and this might ruffle some feathers Mm -hmm. it is very much a cis person game that it's a cis person content creator game that is dominated by cis straight people if you look at the top rows this is why i'm a wow streamer actually i was was the third openly queer person to become partnered specifically for world of warcraft um the third exclusively um gay male to be partnered and of the three uh one of them never mentioned their sexual orientation while Mm. they were going up for partner either so i started from from the bottom wink wink um (laughs) saying that i was a queer person trying that representation because it just doesn't really exist in wow and the top creators, I've had a very hard time, mm, like, making relationships with some of them. And I think some of those people are afraid of how they're going to get labeled. Um, like, I have done cosplays as some content creators in the WoW field. I have rated, I have followed, I've interacted with many straight cis men in the WoW content field. And, like... Normally, I'm a fairly high-key pusher. Like, that's my jam. That's what I do. And because of my dad's health status, I haven't really done that right now. But I have been up there with some of the best of the best of them. And I get, like, left on red. Nothing. Because I've heard some people say I'm too much. Um, I've had some content creators tell me in, like, more of a public setting that I can't just wave my limp wrists around and get what I want. So, like, there is definitely a lot of homophobia in this category and a lot of internalized homophobia. Um, Like, I want to say probably, in my opinion, the best larger content creator that is open to a lot of the queer community is, and I'm going to say their names wrong because I cannot pronounce them. It's like Talius, <laughs> Taliesin and Evatel or Evatel. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, they are so fantastic. They talk about queer issues. They talk about representation and if they are somewhere in the, on the queer rainbow, they've never mentioned it. They always mm-hmm. talk about their relationship and their straight relationships. Um, like, that's really nice. And, like, they've read of me before. But there are other content creators, and specifically on the North American side, that it feels very hard to, like, break that mold. But I'm still there with my pickaxe. I still deserve a seat at this table with everybody else. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, not, I'm not stopping. Yeah, keep chipping away. That's It's, it's the only way. Uh, you know, and it's it's something you should be really proud of. I think, you know, that that's part of your brand, that you do that, that you're there, you know, you're representing the whole queer community and also trying to bring a community of people together in the streaming space that are diverse, that does include everybody because inclusive does mean everybody. And that's the space in which conversations will happen that start to spread understanding and spread empathy and spread kindness rather than just fear and confusion. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, we're talking about uh, coming out later today on um, on a brand new podcast called Talking Shit with um, Dimitinov, who's happening at two o'clock this afternoon. Um, and we kind of want to, I guess, kind of ask you, what would your advice be for other LGBTIQA2 plus folks that are maybe in the streaming space or in the content creation space, perhaps just the gaming space, uh, who are thinking about coming out? Um, and, you know, what does that... Uh, what does that mean for them? What would you say? Well, I don't think I have any advice for them. I believe everybody who comes out comes on their own time and their their own journeys. Um, I came out for wrong reasons. When I had originally come out, I was 16 years old. And I ended up going back in the closet. It was, it was rough timing. And like it was a different era. Like, I'm 34 years old, turning 35. My so, so coming young. out... Uh, so young. Uh, but, like, so I'm a Canadian, but it was, like, 20 years ago, we had no rights to get married in my country. Yeah. So I, I don't know where it is across the world, so I said my country. So I don't know what it's like over in the EU. But these are just my experiences, so if I've said something wrong, I apologize. But there's still a lot of, um, for, for, for being gay, I, I, I'm going to isolate this down because there are different experiences for every people and I don't know what it's like to be any other part of the 
the letters or the alphabet mafia except for being a gay male. I have no idea and I'm not stepping on those toes, but there's still a lot of animosity. Uh, like I have never in my life dated somebody and felt comfortable like holding a man's hand in public. Like mm-hmm. that is a privilege that straight people have no idea what it's like to have that like sweaty, nervous because everybody looks at you. And I've been in Toronto and Toronto has a huge queer area. And I, when I went there like four years ago or five years ago now, I thought I was in a movie because there were so many gay people and lesbians. They were holding hands. They were out. They were showing public displays of affection. And I was just, I was very taken aback. I lost my breath a few times and I was, I was on, I want to say I was uncomfortable, but I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to see that in like, this is the world that people can live in and no one bats an eye at you. It was so like mind boggling. Like I'm from Manitoba, which is a, a shitty small little province. And to this day, if somebody saw me, like I have been in a vehicle uh, or I've had people in a vehicle chase me down from walking to a gay club before, um, screaming things at me. Uh, people have spit in my face and walked past me. Like people just don't get it. So if somebody is in the content creation world and you're scared about coming out and you don't know if you want to or for whatever your reasons are, I would tell you it's your journey. And when you know, you'll know. I will never tell somebody, oh, you should come out for a presentation. Oh, you should, you'll feel so much better because everybody has their own journey. And, you know, I would like to think that most most fan bases and most families would, would still support you. But the reality is that's not the case. And if that was the case, I think you would see a few more openly queer people who are larger content creators exploring their sexualities, bringing out more, oops, sorry, more representation. It's hard. And... I don't have advice for people because your journey is different than what mine was. And like, I've been out for 18 years. I would never want to go back in the closet and I don't regret ever coming out Mm -hmm. at the moment. I was, I came out for a man I was dating. And then when I came out, he dumped me. (laughs) So like, it was kind of like a forced, like I wasn't come. Yeah. It was, it was a really weird time for me, but like, my coming out wasn't the worst experience in the world. And like, I have an aunt who's a lesbian. So I was like, oh yeah, she broke everybody in for me first. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, I'm from a farming community. I wrote, I grew up on a farm. I plan to move back out there. That's actually my next journey, hopefully. But like there's, everybody has different experiences. So I would just yeah. say, if you're coming out, please make sure you have an exit strategy and that you're safe. That is all I'm I would kidding. tell somebody. And that's it. Like, cause there are countries where just loving who you love or coming out of the closet can put you in jail. There are some countries where you can be put to death for it. Like it's still, there's like 32 or 52 countries where if you are a member of the queer community, you are not allowed to travel to. Yeah. You're not allowed to travel to because of their laws. And like that's, and there are still some countries you can go to but you can only go to certain parts or certain areas. Like these are these are real concerns and really travesties that a straight person takes for advantage and has no idea what that's like. They have no idea what that's like. Yeah, and it, I think that's it, it. It's one of those things that is a is a still a global issue, and it's even in countries you know where the rights are better. Um, it's uh, it's still a thing, you know. One of the reasons we've chosen to support Stonewall Housing with this particular stream and in LGBT History Month, yes, it's a UK charity, so it's a, perhaps a little more niche. But um, they're supporting folks that are being made homeless effectively because they're running away from things like conversion therapy, from arranged marriages, from violence, um, because of their queer identities. So it's uh, I think it is really really important to to take that into account as part of your own very personal coming out journey and, and i completely second what you've said you know i think it's a very personal thing i think folks need to make sure primarily that they're safe that's that that's the key the key part of it um before they make that decision but uh yeah neek uh yeah so just to cycle a little bit back towards wow um how do you think blizzard can improve and do you think when they introduce a social contract that actually have any real effect Okay, so I have a lot to unpack with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, 
<laughs> so how do I think Blizzard could improve? I have been trying for years. I have had many meetings and many discussions with a lot of different people involved with Blizzard Entertainment about why is there no pride event in your game? Why do I create something for an hour in your game, which people show up to? And I'm not the only one. There's also another, I think it's running with the trolls that happens for pride as well. And I, I don't know if that's an EU or just an NA, but that's, that's a larger event than even I put on. Um, so there are two different events I know for pride in WoW, and there's nothing in that game. Like, I'm not even, like, you don't have to even acknowledge it if you're afraid your fan base is going to be there. Put up a couple of rainbow flags and some capital cities. Just something small, because odds are the people who want to see that representation, we're going to see it. And the ones that don't care, they're not going to pay attention. They're, they won't even notice them. Like, if you threw up a, ca a flag or a rainbow paint somewhere in freaking Orgrimmar on the side of a building, nobody even notice. And yeah. With the unfortunately, way I, the I, I do just I think they would notice. Unfortunately, that that would be a linchpin for certain elements to possibly cause more I don't, drama. I don't know. I don't they, know. They, they changed the small. I mean, when they introduced uh, the character of Flynn and Shaw as in a relationship, that became the biggest thing in the world. It's like well, they haven't done anything with the characters. It's, it's literally they've just mentioned that they are together, and suddenly this was. Drama. It's like no, it's just two people. Is this about the deer, the deer from Shadowlands? Is that what you're talking about? Sorry. No. no. Yeah, during um, Flynn Fairwind and Matthias Shaw being oh, um, okay, uh, gay and bi respectively, and uh, in a relationship. I mean, there's elements of the community that just went hard on that, as though it was like mm. the death of the game. It's like it's just another element of the story. But the, in the same breath, though, that I think that is a really small part of the community with a very vocal voice. Yeah. And I think in similar regards, we also got that very small part of the community that went off that there were black blood elves. Mm. A very, I think that's, a, I don't, again, I don't know, I'm not a black person. I'm not trying to talk about black person experiences, but I think that was a very loud voice from a smaller part of the the World of Warcraft community. I could be wrong. If I am, I apologize. But there's always going to be somebody who is against diversity and human rights that somehow it's like the truck convoys in Canada over the COVID. I'm going to digress a little mm -hmm. bit. People that went and striked in our capital city in Canada that weren't people go to work because they didn't want to have to wear a fucking mask in public. <laughs> yeah. Like you didn't do anything. You made us look like we're an awful country and you look like they were all uneducated. Like there were certain things that you just have to stop and, <sighs> but like that's that's the same sort of a thing I think when it comes to WoW is you have that small group of people that just they want to get their tin cans and spoons out and start rattling in the back and that's what gets noise and like when you look to Twitter because that's where a lot of the complaints there were a few on WoW Armor but I want to say that like the WoW forums are pretty well monitored yeah. Reddit no but like on Twitter if you're looking at WoW Twitter WoW Twitter is awful yes <laughs> <laughs> and that is not even. The company that is just when people see something they don't agree with, they retweet it and they write out big novels about it. Well, that's just advertising that negativity. Like yeah. I read a tweet yesterday saying, stop doing like slap. Stop doing that. Don't retweet shit you don't agree with. Take a screenshot and then talk about it. But don't give that person a platform because that's what you're doing. Yeah. So also, I don't know if you're aware of 10.0.7 to bring in a new like chat filter, like sensor. Censoring certain degrees of communication. Oh, I, I didn't. It's That's coming. part of... Okay, so you also asked me about the social agreement. Yeah. I don't think that's really done squat, personally. Uh, maybe people aren't seeing as many things, but, like, people are still uttering death threats if you fail a key. Like, people are still rude. It's a game! My... Listen, I don't want to be the one to say I'm a big gamer. I will play 10 hours of World of Warcraft, but... If you have to literally attack somebody because you're running a key and it didn't time, you need to touch grass. You need to get the hell outside. <laughs> yeah. You need to take a breath. Like, if you are that upset because you didn't time a key, my God, like, you need to just, whoo, baby. Yeah. You need to get something it's passion, in your life. But when it comes to a personal attack, it's, it's too far. It's, it's madness. Yeah. yeah. 
Do you, do you think is there anything else Blizzard could do to improve diversity within their games? Just kind of right now, like immediate low hanging fruits. I I really think like June is only a few months away, and I really think to incorporate more diversity, they could throw up a couple of flags in a city. If they don't want to do that, they could do some more side of like the steamy romance novels. Like they could be doing stuff like that, like just little simple things that mm. a lot of the community doesn't do a lot of the small stuff, but a lot of the community does do some of that small stuff. So I think like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm somebody that really focuses on higher end game content. I don't do, I don't know all the sideline stories. I don't care about that. <laughs> I like the, 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 the end game. Yeah, yeah. I like that, that like push. And that's nothing to take away from people that are collectors or their end game is a different vision than what my end game is. Yo, do you? I think that's great. You can find fun in different aspects of the game. And that is one thing I love about WoW is that Endgame to me can mean something completely different than Endgame to X, Y, or Z. Like, there's so many different types of Endgames. Like, you could be a professional pet battler. I don't know nothing. I just scream like a banshee when I summon a pet and hope that it fights for me. Like, <laughs> I don't do that shit. But, like, some people, they write guides and inspections and the best pets. And I'm like, yeah, pop off, sis. Like, let's go. <laughs> but, like, that's a celebrating point of, wow. But could they do something else? I there's always something you can do to incorporate more. Um, like the character customization took way too friggin' long to come oh, out with. It took way too long. long. Yeah. And in my opinion, there's still not enough for every race. Like some of them are dominate now. Like you've got a lot of options. If you look at like a human or even like the night elves, I don't play hordes. Maybe there's some dominant hard ones too. I, I don't know. But like there are other ones like the Light Forge and I still don't really have a lot of options. They don't at all. They don't. Yeah. Um, so I would see a little bit different, like more customization options when you're creating that character. Um, I think the social contracts was a step in the right direction as long as it's being followed up with though. Like I think if Blizzard... I understand it's a company and you have to make money if you are a company, but I think they've made a mistake by getting rid of so much of their customer support in game when it comes to mm -hmm. reviewing tickets. That automated system can actually be used against someone who's done nothing yeah. wrong. Yeah, it, it, that's so frustration for sure. Flags people for innocent things because. Yeah. Well, it goes back easy. to that. It's a loud voice with their tin cans and their spoons <laughs> rattling it up. But if you get enough of them, like I have had friends that have been um, reported and banned for seven to 14 days in the content creator world because someone knew that they were just a streamer and they weren't even queer. They were just a streamer someone didn't like. So like if you are a WoW content creator and you can't create content on WoW for seven to 14 days for your main source of income, can you imagine not being paid for two weeks? Like yeah, that is like wild. hugely yeah, like you're affecting someone's livelihood. It's not just a game. And like, well, they get a real job. It, a person tells that to me when I stream, they can literally eat my entire ass because yeah. like <laughs> content creating is really hard. There is a lot <laughs> that goes into it that not everybody always sees, but like you're literally on the clock all the time you got to respond to people you've got to be active on not just your stream it yeah. can come from tiktok it can come from twitter it can come to instagram your discords like there is so much involved and people just think oh oh you just sit back in your chair and play them video games and people give you money listen karen I wish. it's not all that goes into it but like yes a lot of people do think that oh god if only if it was that easy if it was that easy we'd all do it but um what, yeah literally money? Yeah, uh, I'm in the money. wrong business. Podcast is <laughs> And when you do get money, Twitch takes half of it. Sorry, Twitch, uh, I'm throwing you under the bus. Yeah, they they they'll, they'll be under the bus for that for a while. I think it's uh, it's a lot it's a lot of it's a lot of money that they take. Um, yeah. So, Dragonfly. Let's talk about it. Well, it exists. It does. <laughs> oh God, BFA, so I'll give him that. Oh, well, controversial, controversial. No, I, it, I'm just joking. There was a tweet on uh, Twitter, obviously. That's where tweets go. Um, and people are kicking up a fuss about people are defending Shadowlands already. 
Yeah, I saw that. And I'm I saw like, that. Oh, okay, fine. You do your thing, Twitter. Vocal, vocal minority. But what, what do you, what are your thoughts on the expansion so far, though? Do you love it? Do you hate it? So people are not a fan and think I have an awful take when it comes to Dragonflight. <laughs> but I don't like dragon riding, and I know people love dragon riding. I Controversial. do not like it. I don't like there's an entire expansion that I cannot go into my bird form as a druid. Yeah, I get that. Um, being able to transform into your of your class, like being a bird as a druid and picking a flower, that is a huge part of being a druid from a non-endpoint stand, like in end game point stand for me, but like it pulls you out of your immersion. Like I cannot be a bird in this beautiful zone. And dragon riding, it's fast. People like to engage. It's a difference to what we've seen for flying. But when I go into a new expansion, I'm again, I'm in the minority, I think, on this one. I like to really look at like the landscape, the land, the tree. Mm -hmm. I like to I like to look for the Easter eggs. Oh, yeah. And I feel like when I'm flying, I now I can't do that. It's too fast. So I wish that I could still be on a mount. Um or in my bird form, and just if I want to take my time, I can take my time. I'm also really disappointed with the KSM rewards. <laughs> we're a dragon riding expansion, and you gave us a ground mount. An ugly Not even ground a good one. Mount. It's, oh, no. One, it's it? so bad. It's not a good one. Like, I would have rather given us another skin to add into our dragon, since that's what the expansion's focused on. Yep. I do not like the first season of Mythic Plus has four old dungeons and four new ones. I feel like they've given us this brand new shiny expansion with four dungeons. I would have rather have seen this, like the rotation of old dungeons in season two, three, and four, <laughs> not in the first. Like, I also am disappointed with all of the bugs that are in the dungeon i don't think that the expansion was ready to come out but i think blizzard felt they needed to get rid of shadowlands i'm in the minority on this one but i really like shadowlands dungeons like i thought dungeons and dungeons were good i love the revendreth ones i thought were mm -hmm. incredible i loved them and i loved running keys in shadowlands yeah, I don't same. really like running the keys as of right now and i know yeah, it's a big I, conversation I I know it's a big conversation topic right now, and people are blaming it on, like, the affixes, but I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem comes down to it's the same route for every dungeon. There's no trying different things unless you're running, mm -hmm. like, the MDI and you get these special pots and shit. There's no invis pots you need, really, in any of these dungeons. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't feel engaging or... They're hard, sure. Like, there are some yeah. bosses that feel like they take forever. But, like, when you have a boss on Tyrannical, that doesn't change your gameplay for your DPS or your tank. That just makes your healer hate their life. Yeah. So, like, this has been eight years we've had Mythic Plus now, I think. I don't think it's the problem comes to, like, the affixes. I think a lot of the affixes are the same. And we want to see different things. Um, I also don't... <laughs> Okay, well, uh, people know this about me, but I don't, I don't stand with mythic raiding. Um, I'm a mythic raider, but I think that is actually killing the game. Personally, mm -hmm. I think raiding is a huge part of what WoW is and what WoW embodies. Like when I played Wrath, Wrath of the Lich King, like I've heard Alduar was such an incredible raid. And when you look back to expansions, people think of. Alduar and Nax and ICC. Like, those are some really big raids that are imprinted in people. And like my favorite expansion was Mop. Um like, Mop Mop rating was incredible. And I would argue the peak. What people don't like about Mop was how long Siege was. But that isn't the raid's fault. The beginning when you first got to do Siege was so much fun. But then Blizzard took 13 or 14 months of no content some people got tilted and burnt out of that raid um i think since they've introduced mythic raiding the raids at first like through legion mythic raiding top notch but as an alliance player trying to maintain a roster of 
you need at least 23 to 25 people for mythic yeah. rating. Somebody has to sit. And that's that I'm okay with sitting. Like I've sat on like fire bosses, I've sat on progression before. That's part of mythic rating, and I accept that. I don't care that Tom, Dick, or Harry have to sit on the sideline for one fight. They'll be in the next one. You're gonna kill clear content every week. Like it's not like they're never gonna sit foot in the raid, but I digress. Having to try to manage that roster when your roster boss is harder than actually doing the content. And when you yeah. have people that want to do the content, but they have to pay an extra $50 to go hoard to do it, that is not right. Yeah. I think rating is done better on Final Fantasy. And I don't even play Final Fantasy, but I think rating should be smaller sizes of 10 to 15, somewhere in that category. And I don't think you should need to have weak auras, method dungeon tools with notes for every fight. Um, you have to have a raid. Like, you could not go into a raid with no add-ons. You oh, cannot God, do nice. a mythic raid. You you yeah. need them. And well, it does mean you said they've designed the bosses around people having weak auras yep. and DBM. Exactly. And big, big so it's like... It's like an arms race between the two now to yeah to, to out out mechanic DBM, but at the same time by doing that you're making it harder for those without. So it, yeah. it's they get harder and harder to keep up. And I don't like how so many mythic fights, um, one person can wipe the entire group. Yeah, that's like, that's rough. There's some been some heroic fights like that as well that just haven't been fun, like Fate Scribe with the twiddly wheels. Yes. Just like like I can, I can see that for your final bosses. Like those are your challenge bot. Yeah, I can get sure. that. But when you're in the middle or the beginning, it takes away that fun. And like especially like I'm an alliance raider. I have been cutting edge before. I was cutting edge through Legion. Um but the alliance side on NA, I don't know what it's like on uh, EU, but on it's the NA side <laughs> is very small. Yeah. And I'm on the most populated server for alliance and we're four of eight mythic, but like we're behind and we need to bring in new damage, but trying to find new blood is so hard. And the idea of cross faction, I could get behind if it was available from day one and cross server, yeah. but you gatekeeping us from doing that content. How long has this rate been out? Three months? Four months? December, I think. Coming up on, yeah, coming up on two and a half. So, like, that's a long time to try to keep your guild afloat if you were short or only had 18 or 19 people. That is a very long time. I would love to see the mythic rating that the top 50 guilds, and, like, let's be real, in the world, it's really only relevant to the top 50. If you clear mythic outside the top 50... Pat on the back, still a hard job, but like your top 50 are the ones that care. Yeah. That's all the publicity for the race of the world first. Great. But I almost wish that mythic rating, if the drive was truly not the gear, which that's the drive for a lot of people. You want to have yeah. the best in slots. But if the drive is strictly you like that challenge, I wish it was more cosmetic rewards. Mm. Like, if you look at the PvP to be... What's the top of our PvP? Gladiator? That's yeah, the top yeah. rank, I think. Yeah, I don't, they don't PvP. Get, <laughs> they get a mount, and they get cosmetics. Yeah. Right? I just, and I think the gear is a little bit higher, maybe. But, like, isn't it just a recolor, I think? I'm not entirely sure. But all, all, all I just, the tiers are all recolors. Yeah. Slight, they, the top ones get a slightly different... Cosmetic mythic though mythic is idol level is higher than heroic is that the same as gladiator versus whatever the other set is is it all item level based i, don't know. I may, yes, I may yes. be wrong but i think when you go i think the gear is item leveled but when you go into a pv pv content it becomes uniform so it's all 44 ah okay because if you buy you can buy okay. on a gear and it's already got 242 two, two, so 242 two, in arenas, backgrounds, whatever. Oh, okay. It scales, okay. I think it's sort of to make it clear and fair to everyone. Yeah. Well, that with, and that's kind of what I feel about, like, the raid. Like, I'm 414 or 415 item level right now. Um, and that is what the loot is from the first, like, four bosses, basically. And then after that, it goes up to, like, 421, 422. Well, my God! Like, trying to do that, you have to be clearing 20s and above in keys, which, yeah. if your IO isn't high enough, you're not getting invited to, even if you're a meta. And I have had awful experiences pugging this expansion. And, like, I feel like I'm a pugging queen. I pug and I play <laughs> with literally everybody. 
I have been struggling through 16s and 17s because the the gap between the people that were clearing 20s early to clearing 20s now is massive. So if I queue a 17, I'm 2420 is my IO. And I think IO is very inflated. Like if yeah. you fail a key, if you fail a 17, why is that worth more IO than if you time a 16? That's stupid. That is stupid because you can just fail these keys. And as long as you're within like a five minute timer, you're getting this, this IO inflation. And that is stupid. Like they have to do something because people are leaving and deserting keys. I understand that. But giving that IO is a false sense of what that player can actually, or has actually done. Yeah, achieved. And if you're looking for a tank who's never timed a 20, but their IO is 2,500 and you're 2,300, you're going to think, well, hot dogs and rice, that looks fantastic. <laughs> but like, it's, it's a false sense of security. So I almost wish they would do away with IO completely and just show plus 20. You've done it. It doesn't show you your time. It doesn't going to show how many stars, just that you've done it. I think that would be a better method if you're going to pug key. So if I'm doing a plus 17 and you've done a plus 13, I'm going to think, okay, you have to at least, there's four key levels in between that you've timed. You've got to work on timing something here. And that's how I, when I'm going to push a key, I don't just pick the highest item level, but I want to see what you've timed. If I'm doing a 20 and you've only run an 11, I'm probably not going to invite you because you've only run an 11. Yeah. Like, and that's not me attacking you or your skill sets. If you've done an 11, your next goal should be to do a 12 or a 13. Like going one or two levels above, I'll support that. Jumping double, I'm not gonna support that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a difficult system, isn't it? The system is just designed to make it hard. Unfortunately, I think it's one of those things where you know if you wanna you wanna kind of progress that next level, you're kind of almost locked out of it. I think especially since they introduced Valor, so many people with high levels are just pumping lower keys to get their Valor to max their gear. That it's now almost impossible to get into a low key, even if you've got the score so it's yeah. just because there's other people that, that are like oh you know i'm a plus 20 pumper but i'm just gonna i'm clearing valor this week to get my item up brilliant that should be something you can do but there's so many people on that on that list now that are like these higher pumpers that, that even lower key groups you struggle to get into so something something needs to change and, and i i agree i know you've always said as well that you feel kind of like a mythic plus um like in terms of or mythic rating should be kind of like 10 10 people 10 to 15 mm -hmm. I, yeah. I can't agree with that enough it's it's so careful impossible you might get cancelled well people try to cancel me all the time when i bring up that and i I do think 10 man might be too small now because there are so many classes. But if you're doing a heroic pug, and a heroic is common, and you pug, your yeah. average heroic is 249 or 238. Or like you're already going in for that 15, 16 number. So if that is your ideal comp for heroic content, that should be your ideal comp for mythic. Mythic. Yeah, I agree. And oh. it's just not. We need to fix it. We, we've got. We should all go and work for Blizz and fix I it. I fixed it so, by not doing Mythic Raided. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, you maybe like to dip into it or try it out, and and it's, it is inaccessible. As the bar to entry is high, and and it's not it's not that way in in some that's other the, games that we could point out. That's the other thing that is massive is that Mythic rating is very gate kept. Yeah. Like to get into a guild as well, you've got to have logs. Like if you've done heroic and your logs are sitting at 50%, good yeah, luck getting right invited. Exactly. They're not going to bring you in. Um, mind you, that means there's things that you can work on, but I will say 95% of guilds are going to look at you and be like, get better logs and reapply, or they're just going to not respond to you. Yeah. Not many guilds will take that time and say, okay, let's talk about what you could be doing differently. And on the flip side, not many players are going to want to hear that they could be doing something different or better in their rotations. It does go both ways. No one likes to be told yeah. you're not good enough or how to improve. So true. So true. Um, so we're, we're coming towards the end of our time, but I just wondered if you've got anything kind of like big or cool coming up soon that you want to tell everyone about. You've mentioned um, Azeroth Pride, um, which is interestingly how I met so many people in the streaming space. Um, what else is coming up for you? Tell us a bit more about that. When are these things happening? 
Um, so I, I won't have dates for people and we're still very early phases, but with Azeroth Pride, that will happen in June. That is the best I can give people. Um, I'm hoping around the beginning, but I also like to plan Azeroth Pride around like the MDI and Race to World Firsts. Um, but we will be doing Azeroth Pride again. Um, it will for sure happen on NA and teamwork is going to be involved in that. So I'm... 99% sure there will also be an EU component to also running it because our team does have EU players as well. So we're going to try to amplify the funds that we have raised. And this year, I might as well announce it. This year, we're doing something different for Azeroth Pride. Exciting. Because the stream team, because our gorgeous stream team is a Blizzard-focused team, I wanted to broaden what we're doing to reach more people to bring in more funds for the rainbow railroad we are going to be hosting an overwatch tournament for pride going along with our azeroth pride that way our entire team can be part of it um there's still rules and there's still things that we have to sort out and work out on our end but it is being discussed and talked about uh, and i'm very excited hopefully we'll do azeroth pride on one day and the tournament one day back to back over our week stretch but we're here to impact people's lives for the better and this is i think a really good thing we can reach across multiple games done and created by blizzard for our passions and to help somebody get out of a situation that they might never be able to get out of on their own. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fantastic. And I love that. Um, I love that we got a little announce there. Yeah, gang. That's, uh, heard it here first on Here Be Dragons. Um, so uh, with all of that in mind and to wrap up, you've been a fantastic guest. So I thank you so much for being up oh, so early. Um, time is bed now. A... Yeah, it's going to see. You can literally get, get the blanket and go, okay, I'm done now. Um, but tell us um, where we can find you across the internet so that we can learn more about all of these fantastic things you've got coming up and find more about teamwork as well. If you go to the Google, I'm Cell Heels on every platform. C-E-L-H-E-A-L-S. Also, if you look for our work, we're Teamwork TTV on Twitch. Um, we have an Instagram, but we don't use it because I'm too old to figure out the Instagram. <laughs> Relatable <laughs> content right there. <laughs> um, but I'm on Twitch, TikTok, and as well, Twitter. So you can find me anywhere there. And can I just say, your TikToks are epic. It's one oh, of my favorite you. TikToks. I love it. <laughs> um, Nick, where can we find you? What are you doing this week? Um, I'm into the slowdown phase post curve uh, in that I am going to be mount farming now. I think that's the, the goal. I'm about to reinstall all the things. Which, God <laughs> help my soul. God, yeah. Um, but that's, that's the plan. See you in six months. <laughs> yeah, achievements, mounts, collectibles, achievements, the whole, that's, that's my life now until uh, the next patch, I think. Love it. And where can we find you on the internet, Nick? <gasps> Everywhere, but not ever under the same combination of these words. It'll be Nick23 underscore 23. I'm, I'm terrible. I have no unified branding. Sorry. <laughs> Got to work on that. Got to work on it. We'll get, we'll get you there. Eventually, you will have unified branding. Uh, eventually, I'll have to buy the name Nick from somebody. That's what's going to happen. Or just have a complete rebrand. Who knows? <gasps> Exciting times. And uh, you can find me, the Cap Fantastic, or at the Cap Fantastic on all the places TikTok, Twitch, Twitter, Insta, YouTube, and so on and so forth. Um, and of course, we'll be continuing on with the fabulous Stonewall Housing Charity Rent for the rest of today. Um, if you are listening on Apple or Spotify or YouTube, don't forget to check me out, twitch.tv forward slash at the Cat Fantastic or forward slash the Cat Fantastic, I think, in Twitch. Uh, and uh, and come and donate some money. We'll be and here all the links will be in the uh, description. They sure will. Thanks, everyone. Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you again next time on Here Be Dragons. See you later. Bye.